Well, welcome to Fuck You Friday. I am your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc, and I am very excited to have our guest, Marquette King, in the building. Um, and I, I hope it's going to be a great podcast. I know it will be. It's going to be entertaining at least. Um, and what we always do, Case, uh, before we, we embark on this journey with Marquette is go a little bit to the origin of, of Fuck You Friday. And um, I'd like you to you know share about what you think about it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. I was thinking about this before the show. Is I'm I'm getting a little tired of carrying this podcast. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. So I think what we oh. should actually do. Oh, is, that's funny. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, typical to our friendship. I have to do all the heavy lifting. Oh, cool. And yeah. so what we want to do, what I want to do here is the first time ever. We're gonna we're 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 breaking the mold, and we're gonna kick it back to you. Oh, I want to cool. hear what you oh, think cool. of Fuck You Friday. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll do that. I'll do that. And here's what it means to me. Here's what it means to me. Obviously, we know the origins, right? And if you guys don't understand the origins, go back to another episode and figure it out. Uh, what Fuck You Friday means for me is really two things. Number one, obviously, from a corporate perspective, from a business perspective, you win on Fridays. You can make ground on Fridays. If you just sit your ass down and go to work from 1 to 5, 1 to 6, where other people are fucking around, you're going to get so much more ahead as the weeks progress, as the years progress, that you're going to win. So, so from a corporate perspective, that's what it means for me. Okay. From a personal perspective, I think it's deeper than that. It's about fucking getting up when you're down. For me, you've inspired me. This guy inspires me. It's about getting up. I've fucking faced adversity before. You've faced adversity before. A lot of people go, oh, you know, this happened to me or this happened to me. And, oh, I'm so sad. Sure, you get sad. You get sad. But just get the fuck up. Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for this episode. This is the first episode that we've had a, a, a longer relationship, all three yeah. of us. So we all know each other. So we talked about this before before the episode. We're, we're going to get into it yeah. today. Let's yeah. go. So, yeah. so Marquette, let's just start with you. Give, where, are you where are you from? And first of all, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> well, actually, we're, we're recording on Thursday, so it's fuck you Thursday today for, for everybody. So we're going to have fun today. We're going to mix it up. We're going to be able to go into professional. We're going to go into personal. Yeah. Then we're going to go into some really weird shit to really put, make you, put you on the spot. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's All right, good. I learned from the best. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah he's well, the king of weird. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, where, where are you from? I mean, just talk a little bit about where you're from. I'm, originally, I'm originally from Macon, Georgia. Uh, was born and raised there in... Um, Shoot, just there most of my life down south in 2012. Went to Oakland, met you in 2013. Yeah, no, 2012. Yeah, 2012, whatever. 2012 yeah, is when you, I was trying to get a Honda Accord. Yeah, I, I walked out in flip flops. So guys, 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 for, for just the common human over here, like, let, how did you guys meet? Let's just oh, start that's, there. That's this actually kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah let's so, start I there. I mean, I got referred to, uh, referred by, uh, how do you say yeah, it? Well, yeah, right. I was referred to him by another person I was working at, with at the time. And um, shit, he was like, he can help you out a lot with what you got going on over there on that side because I'm not living there. And then I hit him up, and then because uh, it usually takes like, like, like a cold call. It was like, just hey, when I got this guy, he recommended you. Yeah, he 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 recommended me to win, and I was like, all right. So I hit him up, and then he was supposed to meet me at a dealership because well, we're you're looking at getting a car. And remember, this is this is year one, right? You're, yeah, you year got one. a guy from Macon, and, and we, we <laughs> met with Bud, right? Bud Dupree, who's also from Macon, there, there's a, it's country out there, right? I mean, there's not a whole hell of a lot. No, there's 60 people well, so, yeah. in the whole town. Yeah, country in two different positions. Where yeah, 
you know, the punter makes this amount and the linebacker makes that amount. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, well, there's that too. There's yeah, but, that but, too. but the linebacker usually only plays X amount of time. We're going to get into that. Then the punter could play a lot longer. Yeah, so, well, you yeah, know, we could but still, then lifetime, we still like, don't make as much as blood. Hey, still, can we, can it, we yeah. stay on point here a little bit, please? No, we're going all over the place. God, so here's the rules right now. Well, we all got ADHD. The point is, the point is, people are already tuned out. Especially your first year. Especially your first year as a rookie, you got a bunch of shit coming at you, and one of the first things you you think of as, as an athlete is you, you need to be able to move around. So, um, like I said, we were, we were working with the same company. The guy that referred me to him is like, Good, "Can you help Marquette out a little bit?" Like, sure, I'll show up at the dealership, and uh, I showed up, and you you were a little taken aback, I think, because uh, of my wardrobe. Was that right? Yeah, it was a little interesting, man. You had the Chuck Norris Levi's on, and then you had the thong sandals on. So <laughs> I was like, "Who the hell is this walking up in the car lot?" Uh, but so I mean, you were already you were an undrafted free agent. You were you had already made the the Raiders at that point. Yeah. That, were you one year in, two years in at that point? I was like barely not even a season in all the way. It okay. was like uh, what was it like the third? Well, it's it's interesting because your first year, remember, you're going against like Leckler's fucking good. He was a legend. He yeah. was a legend, and 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 he was going up against. He they went didn't expect Marquette to to make the team. They just wanted him to be able to push Leckler to make sure his leg was right for the for the. Which is typical, won. right? Like, I mean, if you every every camp every summer, you're going to have two kickers, two punters, right? Yeah. And they're, they're yeah. they already really know who's going to make the team. So it's yeah. pretty much all, all a GM wants right. is the most competitive possible camp he can get, and so that's why when they look at priority free agents like Marquette was, he wasn't drafted. They're just looking for athletes to compete. Um, but what was interesting that first year um, is that he performed to such a level in the preseason. Actually, go to, go a little bit about that because remember you were kind of ner- talk about the first time. Actually, yeah, talk about the first time you you took the ball. Was it Dallas or? It was Dallas. Um, shoot, they kept saying that uh, Shane Leckle was hurt, and I didn't believe him because I thought, I don't know, like it's my first time playing in a stadium with over like I don't know, like at Fort Valley State. People that can sit on the sideline is about the amount of people that stay on the sideline watching the game from Fort Valley. Now we finna walk in the stadium with thousands of people there. So I thought they were lying. Like they were like, Shane Lucas not gonna play. You're gonna have to play this game. And I'm like, all right. So I'm warming up and I'm thinking Shane's gonna just pop out somewhere. And I'm just looking around the whole time. <laughs> and then uh shoot, I just kept kicking then. It What's going to, through your head at that point? It's just like I mean, it's it's almost like uh kind of like what you do, like when uh when we just bought at the crib on the weekends and stuff and you just decide to just jump in cold ass water <laughs> randomly. That's that's the same feeling I got. Like you either jump and you, you make the leap to go to that next level mm-hmm. or you either mess up. Now at the time when you were getting your first shot, did you feel like I, I can do this. I'm 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 good enough to do this, or were you just still feeling it out? Like, dang, I don't I don't know. We'll see. No, nah, because I didn't I, I had a mindset where I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back to making I didn't want to like I my mindset was never to be in the NFL. My mindset was to not have a normal job. So, mm-hmm. like, my goal was to focus on not having a normal job. And when I had the opportunity in front of me where it was like, all right, well, if you do good now, then it'll have a positive impact on your career later. And it was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. I either do it or I don't. And uh, I don't know, as soon as I caught the snap and I had the ball in my hands, I'm like, all right, that's it. What you going to oh, do? Hold, hold on. Was it? Hold on. I'm sorry. There is a – an awesome moment that I don't know if you've ever shared with anyone, but so he's back there. Remember, I don't know if you realize it, he's he's black, okay? <laughs> and it, it's the hair and, and the off. reason I say that, <laughs> the reason I say that, as at the time, were there any black punters even competing for a position at that time? Nope. 
Okay, so tell me a little bit about what the fucking defense told. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so, this is a fucking funny story. Yeah, so we run out. Um, Steve Hoffman, the coach at the time, he was like, uh, whatever you do, do not look in the stands as you run on the field. So what do I do? <laughs> look in the stands. So I run out there, and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people out here. <laughs> so I run out there, and I stand behind the, uh, what you call it, and we're backed up. And that's one of, probably one of the worst positions to be in, especially so you're, your you're first. At the, you're at the touchdown? We're, the, the, we're in the back of the end zone. And for like, your first punt. For my first punt. <laughs> and you can just hear people in the back, blah, 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 blah. And then um, I'm standing back there, and I'm like, fuck. All right. And then some dude from the Cowboys is like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's a black punt. This shit a fake. And I'm like, so, so they, they adjust <laughs> themselves because they think it's going to be a fake punt? It was, it was funny. So after that, it it took a lot of, like, edge off of me. Like, it, it made me feel a lot more relaxed. Just kicking the first one. Just Catching kicking it, it kicking when he, it. When he said what he said, it relaxed me all the way. Oh, because I, I was actually kind of anxious about going out there. That actually helped. Nervous. It, it helped made you laugh, didn't it, a little it, bit? I laughed a little bit. Yeah. Well, and the then, other thing, too, they spread out and they weren't going to blitz. They weren't going to rush. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, they it still, they still rush. Some, oh, they they do, still okay. rush because I got hit. Oh, and oh, then, uh, okay. After I kicked it, I got hit, and I fell on the ground. I'm like, fuck. They call the flag? Was there a flag? Yeah, it was a flag. But then, like, I just saw green, like, in my face on the mask. And Oof. then I looked up. I was like, as long as I hit the ball good. And that shit was still in the air just selling. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I can show you a video later. But, like, I, I got excited. I was like, man, I hit a really good punt the first one. Just kept doing my thing. That's the beauty of editing. They're just going to throw that that punt right on the, right in the video, right yeah, on exactly. the YouTube right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, let's uh, – I want to fast forward a little bit because, obviously, so that first season, he, he didn't play. Uh, the Raiders were able to position things in a way where they kept him. Um, but, you know, he, he wasn't – Shane was still there. Um, that next year is really the year where mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're the guy. And they tell you you're the guy. Um, and, and I want to talk about that week one of that first time that you were the man. Because what happened was you didn't have the greatest game, if you recall. Yeah, it was the Bengals. It was the Bengals. I came straight to your house after the game. Yeah, too. what That's happened? Funny. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you go out there and it's like, all right, well, I guess it's official. I'm that guy right now for this team. And you go out there and you play. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's almost like a, a dog running around to sniff everything to kind of like figure out what everything is, where everything is, and why it is the way it is. And it was kind of like that for me. Like, I was just walking around the field, saw Pac-Man Jones walking down the field, rapping a fucking song. I don't know what song it was, but he nobody could hear the song he was rapping, but you could just hear him just in the whole stadium. And uh, and then you had, uh, I don't know, just walking around and just figuring stuff out. Like, why am I here? Like, So this I'm was your first real my game. first real game. Okay, so it's kind second, of a surre- surreal season. feeling, right? Like, this is it. You know you're going to be playing. It didn't feel someone. surreal okay. until I got in the game. I get in the game, and it's like, I know everything feels normal, but, like, the way that I, my, like, the outcome of my kicks and stuff came out, like, Look, it wasn't like I wanted. You had a shitty game. It was a shitty game. So I want to know, so so take me through the, because the, punting is, you must do, you must catch how many of the of the snaps per day? A lot. A lot, I, right? I, I catch over 100 a day. Over 100 a day. And how many punts do you, like when you're in season? Not many. Not you, don't, many. you don't do a lot. No more than probably 40, 50. A day. No, not a day. Like oh, a week. Two two times out of the week, and then you got game days, so like a total of three days out of the week. Kicking. Okay, and is that pretty typical for 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 punters? I mean, for smart ones. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because you it's you would like as a punter to be able to practice every day, but you have to balance your body and sure. the ability to perform. So that's kind of understanding who you are as an athlete, right? I mean, you have yeah, to know I, when I your leg that, is too much. I made that mistake uh, as soon as we finished the season. It was the same year we went to uh, playoffs against the Texans and. Uh, 
shoot, I was kicking so much. Like, I think I started kicking at the end of January, right after the season. And I was like, I want to get better. I'm going to get better. And I kept kicking the whole fucking year. And then by the time the uh, playoffs came through, I was like, man, my body was like, nah, I'm tired. This yeah, you got it. dead leg. Yeah. You did. Yes. But but yeah. that's a that's a great point. I wanna I wanna I wanna stick on this for a minute, is because you have to un it's it's awareness, right? It's it's what what is your body telling me? What is your cause your mind is telling you one thing, yeah. but your body is gonna have a reality that might be exactly. a little bit different. So can you walk us through your younger years and what you were doing, just like you just said, mm. and then how did you evolve and kind of understand? Because when you're young, you've got all this confidence that you could do anything anytime you want to do it how did you evolve mentally to get to that to get to that stage of being like look I got to be smart I think it was just experience like uh the way I punted when I was playing against Houston in the playoff game it wasn't bad but it wasn't my best you know so it was still uh I was still able to like just maintain my average way of punting too but um I don't know I just once you go through that it's like all right well I need to be smarter with how I go through this next season or the next couple of seasons, and if I want if I want to be at my best, you just gotta you just gotta make sure you do everything just right. If you don't adjust, then you just gonna stay behind, and then if you stay behind and you don't adjust, then you just gonna lose what you got. You know, I love that. You understand that? Well, You're a business yeah. guy. Yeah, I love you know, that. You know what's interesting? His game. I want to talk about a shitty game again, though, because we're not done with that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you what happened after the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. This guy. I think that's what people want to hear. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he comes to he comes to the Saratoga home. Yep. And we have a uh, we have a fire in the fireplace because that's what soothes him. So every actually every after every game he would ask for a campfire, which means please put a fire in the wood wood burning stove, which is fine. I like fires too. <laughs> yes. He, did. he proceeded to probably down I don't know a couple bottles of wine. Here, it was two. A couple bottles. Two of wine. was my match. Then he went skateboarding at night. Huh? Well, it was the skateboard. It was the uh, Swivy things. It was the. No, it was, it was skateboard. It was a skateboard. A skateboard, yeah. Pissed off. Just I'm not. I'm not ever gonna play again. They're gonna cut me. This is bullshit. Yeah. It was interesting because he was fucking down on himself, and I'm like, hey guys, one game, like let it slide. So what? What was? Uh, tell me about the game. Just give me some quick stats. Do you remember I it mean, exactly? I don't think it was my best. Uh, I still averaged in what forty. I think it was. I don't know. I gotta go back and look. I hope it won the high thirties. But like, I just knew. I don't know. My mindset. Um, I feel like I got to do things 10 times better than anybody at my position. Um, and that's my mindset. And that day I didn't do it. And I'm a competitive person. So, like, if I don't play my best or if I don't perform my best, then uh, it's a problem. Was there anything mentally that got in your way, like your first game? Not at all. It's just it's just I just had to do better. Same thing with when I come back. Like, once I go back out there, I just got to do it. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing this for a while. I've been practicing and I know what to do. Like, you just got to do it. Got it. Well, and what happened next? The next week, I, mean, I, did, I did better next week. I don't you had a great. Played, you had, I forget who you played, but you had a fucking hell of a game. Yeah, you had a sixty-yard no, bomb. You had a couple good punts, and yeah. and then he catapults right, and and then he catapults into uh, a unique, a unique position, uh, a unique situation where he he's really top five in the league. Right, I finished and number one that year. You finished. I'm sorry. I, I I'm fucked sorry. up the Dude, first way to game. Correct him. Yeah. yeah, this guy's hey. your agent. I mean, listen, that's maybe <laughs> way to negotiate. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, Good things pal. happen. Things happen. Okay, um, so this is yeah. your second year in the league. Is you you were number one punter second year in the so, league? Yeah, basically. And yeah, so, yeah. And, and also too, I think one of the important things to point out is you start to have a, you start to become. A personality, right? Is, when did you start to evolve into yeah, that's interesting. where you felt comfortable to be yourself back there? Because yes. once you become number one as, at your position, 
then you then you feel a little more confident to start yeah. opening up. Well, the thing about it, I've always done that. Even what you saw, if you, if we go back and watch the film from the uh, Cowboys game my rookie year when I first played a preseason game, that was me the whole time. The only difference was the more games you win on a team, the more successful the team becomes. They try to find things. Uh, the TV people try to find more things, and the things I've been I was doing before that, even. It was a game I just saw on my phone where uh, Emmanuel Sanders missed a, a punt return. He dropped it, and we got the ball back. And I was doing a pony dance then when we were in Denver. It was the last game, I think, in Denver, and I was doing it then. Uh, it was the same game Derek Carr got hurt. But then, um, shoot, man, I guess the more games you win. Uh, you, started ex- you started expressing yourself, and it was interesting because – and I see this in, in a lot of professional athletes uh, in the NFL. There's a point at which a couple of things happen. Number one, if you get to the league, sometimes the stage is too big for you. Sometimes you just can't perform, mm-hmm. and, and you fizzle out. Then there's guys who are By the so way, that's not just in the league. That's, that's in life. A, that's, yeah. that's a good point. It's in life. That's that's when the point. lights come on, there's some people that are just so, not ever going to be ready. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we call that in basketball, we call that bubblegum chewers. <laughs> they're the guys that, in the you know, at, at, right before the game, yeah, they're, they're swishing threes, yeah. they're dunking, they're chewing their gum. Blow, the lights come on, they can't. They no. bricks all day. There's, bricks there's all day. There's CBD gum now that people are really Ooh. using. Yeah, that that's, <laughs> that's special. So you might, <laughs> you might need a new might, nickname. I might try some of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You might have some in your um, pocket. Yeah, I might. But the point is, it was, it was cool to watch Marquette evolve um, as a player because the third way that, that, that athletes react in the NFL is that they become so comfortable in a way and comfortable in their own skin, and it has to do with confidence. Confidence wins. Confidence wins every time. When, when a player, when that experience molds into a confident player and they can even express themselves on the field that relaxes them to perform unless you disagree Marquette but I would say expressing himself was just showing confidence that he was going to do it um and it was interesting because I'll never forget we talk about that the uh the gallop right it was kind of one of his patented (laughs) moves I mean that game it was it a Monday night game I'll never forget this because of the first time in the history of what I saw in the NFL I don't know if you remember Deion Sanders' uh, case. Uh, I think you're familiar with him. I think he won you a couple Super Bowls, actually. He won, but yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Name sounds familiar. There was, this, there was this thing back in the day. I don't think they do it anymore. I can't remember if they do it anymore, but it's when you ball, you get the call, right? Yeah. I think it was because of Monday Night Football. It was, it was a Monday night when game. you ball, you get the call. So the big thing amongst the players was like, fuck, I hope I have a great game enough where I ball so I get to be interviewed by Deion Sanders after the game because that means you balled out, right? Well, traditionally, we reserve that for ballers, meaning running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, linebackers, whatever. <laughs> Never in the history of the NFL had Deion Sanders, primetime, requested a punter. And in that moment, I thought, holy shit, this is something different. The punter, Marquette, when he balled out, because I don't forget all your punts, but do you remember? I mean, you just had a phenomenal right. game. You stuck one at the... One or two or two or three of them inside the five, something like that. He gets called, and and for me, that was a moment as an agent because I'm like, wow, this this is something special because you have Derek Carr. So he gets the Marquette gets the headphones. You get to you get to be interviewed with Dion, and Derek Carr is trying to get airtime. You have the quarterback, the franchise quarterback of the Raiders, trying to scoot in and and and. Did you, did you give him one of these? <laughs> get, get, Derek, give me a minute. I, I was just in like a daze where I was just excited, so it just I don't know everything just happened. Yeah, it, it was unique. It was cool. Yeah. Um, well, so okay. So, w- at what point in your career did you realize I'm comfortable enough now? I've done enough. Because remember, your first game, you have a bad game, and you're like, I'm gonna get cut. 
At what point were you like, okay, now I can start doing what is comfortable, what's natural to me? I mean, I still kind of did it regardless. Even only, from day one? Even from day one. Okay. The only difference was we won more games, so, like, they just tried to find more things to, like, entertain people, I guess. Yep. And well, they just kept a camera on me one day and <laughs> saw what I did and started watching me from then on. What about the flag incident? I just want to skip because we're, we're going to have a lot to talk about. But yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but he got someone went after you. I mean, you, you got the penalty. You got roughing the punter. Um, and he takes the flag, and he does this thing and throws the flag down, right? Well, it goes viral, right? But guess what? Another flag pops up. It's offset. It's not good. No. It's not good. But it's interesting. I want to hear, because it was Coach Del Rio at the time, right? Yeah. What? It, tell me what happened. Like, be put yourself back in that play. You throw the flag because I don't even know if you really felt like you even knew you were going to do it. You were just pissed. Uh, tell me, tell me about it. Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't happy about the situation. I mean, you got to remember, like that's that's my, that's your, that's my your, bread and butter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so, like, someone went after your legs. Yeah, so like they were even talking about it because uh, they ran into me like uh, before that, mm-hmm. a couple of times before that, and they even told me they were coming back after me even after they hit me. They didn't throw the flag then, so. It was just a bunch of buildup, and I just got to a point when they hit me, and because the, the the instruction was to hit the ball in the back of the end zone, we were pretty far back, and I as soon as I dropped the ball, I knew it was gone. I hit it. As soon as I got hit, I was like, "All right, I did my job." So now, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. I was, I was I was really feeling a certain type of way, especially when somebody's coming after you. Like, you're a receiver. You know what? I'm attacking you, and I'm trying to break your wrist. And then like. Yeah, I don't know the referee sees that they're trying to do that and they don't call nothing, but then eventually they gotta call it because it's obvious and they just react. So I want to know. <clears throat> we're kind of shifting gears a little bit. I love that play. That's one of your most famous plays. But I, lo- <laughs> I want to know, just f- as from a common fan perspective, what is it like being an NFL punter? In, I guess, in the difference between, you know, defense and offense, and then you're 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 on an island a little bit on the team. So what? G- tell us, a, give us a little bit of information about how, what it, what the life is like as a punter in the NFL. I mean, I feel like it translates to my actual real life. Um, I like being in my own little area. Um, I like being around people that I enjoy being around, like good friends, you know, um, good family members. But like, I don't know. It's kind of like you got to entertain yourself because you're not with the team most of the time. Like. Um, and it, it's funny how, how we used to have conversations where the media used to be like, he used to be a locker room distraction. Well, how the fuck am I a locker room distraction when I'm around a team like 3% of the time? Because kickers, punters, and long snappers in a total different room, and the rest of the team's like in meeting rooms the whole time. So it's like you just got to find a way to entertain yourself, whether Jenna Castle would go on a computer in a training locker room and uh, look up houses on Zillow, trying <laughs> to <just> randomly, <laughs> Kondo would be foam rolling. FaceTiming his kids, and I just be walking circles or playing wall ball with myself. You know what I'm saying? So like, how long are you at the facility on a on a given day? Oh my god! Yeah. Like, probably like six thirty in the morning until three o'clock in the evening. Okay. Four o'clock in the evening. Okay. So you just got to find a way to entertain yourself. And how long as a punter? How long are you actually out on the field? Man, do you want to tell you the amount of time that I spend if it was a legit work day? If I calculated the amount of time that I actually did something, it'll probably be about an hour, 45 minutes. Wow. So I'm just there. You know what I'm saying? Like, meetings probably go on for 20 minutes with special teams. You got 15-minute team meetings, and then you got um, you got to lift weights for about, what, 
Don't quote me on the math, but <laughs> you got to lift weights for probably like 30 minutes because it ain't crazy because they don't want to hurt you. Yeah. Phantom lifts. We do call those phantom lifts. Yeah. And then <laughs> You've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You're a professional phantom guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, the phantom guy. <laughs> All right. So so you're you're having to entertain, kind of finding your own. You got to be right? your own and little world. You're not, you're not really part of that. What, does it feel weird once you do get into a locker room or do you know the guys well enough to where everybody's there's more camaraderie? In, in game day and stuff like that? I mean, I don't know. It, it's like when you're in college, it's more like a family. Y'all experience that. But, like, in the pros, it's almost like you're on, you're alone. You're by yourself, especially as a specialist, what I've experienced. Um, everybody's got wife and kids and stuff. And, like, uh, I don't know, nobody really wants to hang out that much. So it's like it's, it doesn't feel like a family, especially from my world, because I'm by myself most of the time, uh, unless it's with Kondo or Janikowski. And especially at the beginning, it was a little – interesting between all three of us because they were with Shane for like 15 years mm -hmm. before so can you just give me an idea of what Janikowski was like oh my he god <laughs> he's cool man I like him yeah he, he liked you know party. what I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed his confidence he was a really confident person because um, he was he was a little bit older right at the time that when you he got was definitely there older. yeah so he knew the deal he would he'd made some money yeah he'd already had some success he, yeah so he that's a good spot to be in you made a little <laughs> money you had some yeah. success as a kicker yeah. <laughs> just, you're like a kicker you're that's like Man, i could do this forever yeah. right well, let, yeah. let's let's talk about let's let's segue a little bit you have an awesome career in, with the raiders and then you're getting ready for your what what year number was this this was five you're five maybe is when sure. uh gruden came or six. Six. Okay, so you're, re you're ready for your sixth year, and by now you're the man. I mean, you've you've averaged what one to four in in the league. Couple all pros, right? Wasn't there a it was one, one pro? pro. Was okay, yeah. but so you're, you're <laughs> so you look at that. I'm a glass half full yeah. guy. He's like, you're, you're just a top five guy. You're like, no, no, no. I'm number one. See, here's here's the point. He's is, we're getting ready for what's called OTAs. I think it's OTAs, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting ready for OTAs and organized team activities is what that means. And what that means is right after the draft, you have mini camp and then you have um, basically practice, a list of organized activities. And that takes you traditionally, they're not going to do it next year, by the way, because of COVID precautions still, which makes it really difficult for the way for someone to try to make the team on their first jump because there's not a lot of opportunities to make right. an impact. Right. Uh, but l literally after the OTAs, um, that's when you have a break, June 15th, and that's when it's on you to work out until camp, which is July 29th. So he's getting ready for OTAs, and we're expecting, you know, for me uh, as an agent, that's usually like the best day in the world is the first OTAs. Because number one, Marquette doesn't have a lot of time on his hands all of a sudden, right? So instead of me having to take a phone call at 9, 11, and 1, I don't have to, I'm on, I'm on a little vacay, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually, I'm down with, I'm down in LA and thinking, hey, it's OTAs tomorrow. I'm going to have a cocktail. In fact, I'm going to have maybe two or three cocktails because it's <laughs> the one time where I know if I don't answer the phone, it's okay because he's not going to call because he's at practice. So I, I decided to turn up a little bit. And, uh, well, let's talk about that first, that first day because you hadn't met Gruden yet. Uh, Reggie McKenzie was the GM. And you knew the reputation of Gruden being a little angry. And you knew that your new uh, uh, special teams coach was uh, Italian. And so you started actually, and this is actually very intelligent, you had some gifts for them. Talk a little bit about that first day that you're planning on meeting Gruden. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> me and Sweet went to go get breakfast. And uh, man, it was, it was interesting because I was walking to the breakfast spot because we had to park about half a mile down the street from the restaurant. We're walking, had several people run up to me, man, you did so much for the town, bro, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. 
Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Making an impact some kind of way. So I go down to uh, to uh, the breakfast spot. But before that, I, I skipped a step. So I, before I go there, before breakfast, I went to a store. I got Lemoncello because the, the Italian special teams coach. Which is interesting, right? How would he, I mean, the fact that he would know to get Lemoncello, which is a unique Italian uh, drink. Right. You don't right. even have to drink smart. much to fill it, too. Yeah, it's a yeah. smart play, but brilliant play. And yeah. then what else did you get for Gruden? And then uh, I got Gruden a box of Snickers because I heard about how intense he was as a person. So like, Those commercials, right? Oh, if yeah. you're hangry, grab. remember how those yeah, commercials yeah, yeah. where you turn <laughs> into something? <laughs> so I showed up to the facility. I'm walking around. I'm like, nobody in here. So I start walking through the hallways and everything, look for Reggie, and uh, nobody's just in there at the time. And uh, – and I was going to leave him, but I was like, I'd, I'd rather give him to him in hand. Like, I want him to just meet me and know who I am. Um, so I get back in the car. Then me and Swift go to breakfast, get food. And then I get a call from Reggie, and he's like, Reggie's hey. the GM. Yep. Yeah, so he's like, hey, you need to come back. We need to talk. I'm like, all right, let's well, shoot. All right, let's go. You didn't think anything at the I time. wasn't thinking nothing. I'm like, man, I'm finishing the top, what, three? So, like, I wasn't thinking nothing. So, shoot, I go, uh, go there. Get notified I'm finna get released because I guess they don't want to, they don't want me. So, like, damn, so what the hell do I do with all this lemon chill on this Snickers? <laughs> I, I still have it, by the way. You still got <laughs> yeah, it? I still have it. <laughs> so then, um, I didn't believe him, but they're like, all right, your name's gonna hit the wire around noon, blah, blah, blah. And I'm walking down the locker room, I go back to the locker room, and I got Swift with me. I'm like, well, since you ain't never been to Raiders facility, let's just walk around. Let me show you what it looks like. Like, it's almost like I believe it, but I don't believe it. So I'm like, since they're gonna cut me. So we walk around, we go to the locker room. There was people in there getting off-season workouts. So I'm in there, I'm like, hey, bro, it was fun hanging out with y'all, man. It was an honor playing with y'all on the same team, but going to get let go. Everybody just stopped what they were doing. They like, man, shut the fuck up. You didn't Marshawn, too yeah, much. Yeah, didn't Marshawn say this No, this was, this was next. Oh. So I'm like, bro, I'm dead serious. I'm going to get let go. Man, shut your ass up. You be joking too much, blah, blah, blah. And I'm packing up a bag at the same time, and I just leave it there, and I walk out. I go see Marshawn, and I'm like, um, hey, bro, it's cool getting a chance to play with you on the same team, man. I mean, I know I tried, I know I recruited you here, but I got to go, man. And he was like, boy, shut the fuck up. I'm like, bro, for real, I'm going to get cut. Man, you lying, Swill. Why you always lying, Swill? Like, it was <laughs> – <laughs> but then, I mean, shoot. What's and going through your head at that point? It was just I, – I couldn't believe it because it's like, man, this is a league of the best of the best, so – I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. Like at that point in your career, because you had had so much success in yeah. such a short amount of time, yeah. are you? Do you? Do you get this confidence where you're untouchable at that point? And then when something happens, is it even even bigger blow? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would call it untouchable because I still I don't know. You knew it was a business. You knew it, it was possible. I didn't understand the business side, so that's the part that broke me down after. But <clears throat> it was just it's a league of the best of the best, like. Are they really gonna let go? Let me go because I put so much work into this organization. But did like, you think this position? before, or when you never thought about it? Is it possible that I could get cut? Like going into OTAs, are you like, man, I got every I've always, year? I've always thought when you perform at your best and you do really good at your position, like you're you're in a pretty good position. That's well, that was my traditionally mind. the NFL is a performance based business. I understand that, but Period. so m- most places are performance based, right? Fair. There's just it's amplified Fair. at the NFL level because there's so much media and attention on it. Fair, but. The world is a performance-based business. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yeah. We, we can talk yeah. all we want about the NFL, and, it, yeah. and a lot of people see yeah. it, a lot of people talk about it. Out, out there, 
That's the same thing, yeah. right? And so some people are aware that every single day they have to show up, they've got to perform, and some people just kind of walk through life and don't really get it. Yeah. And so I guess my question is when you get to the top of your game, what is your mental state of mind? And then what happened when you got that call from Reggie? Like, did you think every single day I've got to be at my best? Or did you think, man, I'm pretty good right now. I feel pretty confident. I'm, I'm kind of. No, I, ne- I never, I never got comfortable. I was still working out like around that time. So it's like, and I made sure I was, well, if I start off that race, like ahead of a lot of people, I made sure I stayed and maintained that spot. And uh, to get that call, it was just, I don't know. Like, I stayed at your old apartment and, yeah. uh, f- that night, and I saw well, my that was name. A, that was a bad day. That was a bad For, day. I saw my name going into the ESPN thing, and I was like, bro, is this serious? And I just started crying. Well, remember, like, remember yeah. something. Well, wait, hold on. So, yeah. you, so you're at your – are you by yourself at this point because uh, your agent has I'm in, I'm in chosen – I'm in Manhattan Beach with Mr. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, say no more. Yeah, yeah I yeah. know exactly what you're doing. I'm yeah. surprised I wasn't there. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> that's another podcast. Uh, so, okay, so you're at you're at the apartment by yourself? At the time, I was talking to somebody, so we were both there at the time. That helps. The, the issue for me was, remember, in my mindset, it's the one day I could take off. And <laughs> I get a call from Reggie McKenzie, and I'm going, what the fuck does Reggie want to talk right now? Like, I mean, he's cool. I, Had I he like him. Had he already talked to you? He, he must oh, he have. To me. This yeah. But I, 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 you know, I'll talk to you later, you know? Oh, and you clicking my voicemail? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are, let me, are you, let me are sleep you clicking, in. Are you clicking Marquette to voicemail too? No, but I, I that, but he hadn't called yet. And okay. then I get a text first. He didn't call you. I think you texted first. I just got I released. Skateboard. I went skateboard. Yeah, I just I got skateboard. released. <laughs> they just released me. And I was, I looked at it. I'm like, no fucking way. And then I go, what? And then it dawns on me that Reggie McKenzie's calling me. Like, holy fuck, what's going on? So I call Reggie. And he goes, hey, you know, I, you had to let Marquette go. It, it wasn't really my decision, so to speak. Just kind of leaving it out there like you're that. Like, hey, pal, you're the GM. <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah. I guess Gruden at the time. Yeah, is, well, that's yeah. that's the changing of the guard, right? Yeah. And and there's a whole there's a whole thing in, in, into that. I mean, it, it's like why why did they release why did they release you? And and there's a bunch of different um, opinions on that, Marquette. I mean, there's there's the fan opinion, which is well, maybe it was because of throwing flags and getting penalties right but, but before we get into that there was something important that you had mentioned so you're in the apartment you're with you know you're with somebody but you're seeing your name go across the ticker and you're like you kind of broke down yeah so what happened and kind of what mm. was going through your head it was just weird because it's like damn man i thought this was a performance-based league like they want the best of the best in it and it's like uh and it's like you perform you're not asking for much like i was in the middle of my contract like i'm just chilling you know um and at the same time, you see uh, people coming up with these narratives or stories that aren't really confirmed at all, but they just somehow come up with these stories, and it's like, damn, like, people see me as this way, people see me as that way, and people see me as that way. So, obviously, now that I got a chance to look back on it, it was a it was the beginning of a growth period for me, like, as a person. So, when, because the NFL, like we talked about, is in the spotlight, and a lot of people have narratives or opinions you're in this position of I'm watching my name go across the ticker and this is going through your head. Right? A lot of things are probably going through your head. Do you hear all of these opinions? I mean, it's almost impossible it's, not it's, to, right? It's just, yeah, you, you can't, you can't ignore it. You can't it's, get away it's from just it. so aggravating. Cause it's like, damn, like <laughs> what else am I supposed to do? Cause I did, I feel like I did ev- like physically on earth. I feel like I did everything I was possibly supposed to do to maintain that position 
of uh, to be successful at that position in that league. Okay, so I got another question. And you had said this was the start of some real personal growth for you. So now yeah. that you've had a chance to separate that moment from a couple of years and you've got a chance to look back, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the things that happened after that. Yeah. But looking back, what are some of the takeaways that you have from that time in your life? Uh, I think the first one is uh, the revenge factor. Uh, I remember I had a talk with you. I was like, I want to go to the Broncos. I want revenge. <laughs> Well, it's not up to you to get revenge with somebody else. Your your main task or your goal in life is definitely not to get revenge on somebody else. It's to continue doing what you do, and a revenge factor will come later. You know, so focus on you. Focus on that, that's you. That's the one thing you can control, yeah. right? And control it, what you can cause, control. Because actually the, the idea of revenge can play mind games on you to where it, it overcomes your mind and actually becomes Fix. the, you fixate on it. Yeah, that's Fixating it. on negativity doesn't win. Nope. It doesn't win, and yeah. and you, and a lot of for me personally, I had to, you have to live through experience with that, yeah. and, and you know there's people I'm mad at, right? But it, you have to make a decision at that moment, just like you have in, in growth, of like, hey, it's not necessarily about what that person did to you or what that situation caused. It's how do I beat it? How do I succeed? And and that, how I do I succeed? That's it, right there, yeah. right? Yeah. If, if I focus on myself, if I make myself a better person, a better player, physically and mentally, yeah. and I win, that's the game. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Right. So, and and by the way, I won as an agent that day because let me talk to you about what happened in the next couple of days. Oh, so this, we're, we're, I guess yeah, we're, I want to talk about me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so here here's the deal. So I have a guy who I assumed was going to play for now, twenty years. For twenty years now he's cut. And by the way, it's OTAs. So the draft has occurred. What happens then is very important. Teams pretty much have an idea of who they want to be on the roster. And they've spent all their money. No money. They've spent it, mostly. And so you're put in a situation like, oh, my God. All of a sudden, it's like, where, where is he going to go? By the way, it's punter. It's not three punters on a team. It's you keep one punter on a team. There's 32 positions in the entire world that you're going to try to go for. 32 jobs. That's it in the entire world. Um, and so I was a little concerned, you know. Uh, and there weren't a lot of teams that called. I thought maybe, you know, we thought the first day, it was like, ah, oh, look, it's the best punter in the league. Like, this is going to be easy. And it it didn't happen. I called I called uh, George Payton at the time was in Minnesota. He's like, hey, when yeah, good good guy, but we like our guy. Um, I, talked to, I talked to a number of teams. And at that point, I started getting really concerned. And finally, after day three, and those were three miserable days for you, by the way. You were not a happy camper. No, I, I came tough. home, obviously. We hung out together, and it was just like, like it was, Blah. You, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, it came down to the Giants and the Eagles both offering generally a minimum deal, right? Like, uh, he was about to make, he had <laughs> done a $15 million contract. He was about to make, what, three or four that year. Yeah. And we're getting offered eight ninety five or eight, whatever the hell it is. I'm going, oh, my God, to compete. So I'm like, Marquette, let's, let's go with Philly, I guess. He's like, I'm not fucking going to Philly. I'm like, all right, well, let's go to the Giants. Actually, I can move it up to probably a million bucks. I'm not fucking playing in New York. <laughs> well, what the fuck? Like, okay, cool. Like, okay, now not only does he, you know, in a shitty situation, he doesn't want to go to the two teams or at least offer him an opportunity. So I call a good friend of mine, Kenny Hansmar. Kenny, shout out to you. Um, the old cowboy. Okay. Uh, and, and I go, look, <laughs> man, I don't know what the fuck. He doesn't want to go play here. He doesn't want to. He just goes, he goes, God damn it. Call Denver. You know, I'm like, Denver doesn't need a punter. Like they're not, you know, call Denver. 
And uh, and you had mentioned that like in in your revenge factor moment, yeah. you're like, I want to go to Denver. I'm like, dude, all right. But also at the same time, like they had altitude, so like, yeah. All <laughs> oh, I had to do was every punter's dream. Every punter's dream. Punt every yeah. time. So so what happens is I I call I call Denver. Um, uh, one of my friends was the director of players personnel there, TJ. Um, and uh, hey, look, Mark, I'd be really interested. I I left a message. It didn't even pick up. Are we going to get to the point of you the being point? Here's like, the point. Here's the point. Christ. Well, the point is Denver calls back. That's the point. And they, they go. They kept me there. They, they go. Well, well, <laughs> they the what, so what are the other teams? <laughs> like, well, there's, you know, six teams. We're looking at at least, uh, you know, seven to eight million dollar type deal. No, there was no seven or eight million dollar deal. Long story short, we signed. A, we put him in the Penter, punters Mecca. We put him in Denver. I'm like, where else? You, you're going to punt there for 20 years. That's what I thought. Yeah. And we well, signed a deal for millions of dollars. Well, one of the things that's interesting that not a lot of people know about is when, when you're on the outside and you're looking in at somebody get released as a, as like a fan or people like unknowingly when you're, when you're competing, there's like a real human element to it, right? Like yeah. you're, you, you're left with real raw emotions of like, shit, what do I do? You, you think about, I would imagine you're probably thinking about the money situation like what's next? Like there's some ego things that are going on, so you have to lean on friends, family, and all this other stuff yeah. to kind of figure stuff out. Like when you were going through all this, is there anything that you remember about that moment that helped you kind of get to the other side so you could start to compete again? Because it's hard if you're competing when you're mentally. Um, I think I think when I went to Denver and the way that he structured the contract for me, where become an All Pro or uh, make it a Pro Bowl within the next within the next two years, since it was a three year contract. The third year, I would have got an extra M. Uh, I was like, that's easy. Like, it's so easy. So, like, I remember I was on the phone yeah. with you. I was like, man, set it up. Set it up right now. Because I was it. a little worried. I was trying to move it just a little more. Yeah, like, I was like, bro. I got this. We're fine. I was like, set like, it up. And right. then next day, you know, we go to practice. And then it's like, uh, all right, so you're not going to kick like you normally kick. You're going to change it up. And I'm like, what? And that's this, is, this is from the special teams coach. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Because so you, you had dinner with them the night before. That's where they decide to sign you. So yeah. you're thinking everything's okay. You go your first day of practice, and this guy flips the script on him, and that's true. So it's, I don't know. It's, it, what, it was, what, what is, what, what? Tell us what they were telling you, like how yeah. you originally kicked, and then Dig what in. they were trying. Kind of give like, us an idea as to how that just, goes. Instead of me like facing the direction I want to kick and going that direction, uh, let's say if I was supposed to go right, I would do what I normally do. But if I was going to go left, I would face the direction I would go right. Drop the ball on the outside of my foot and swing my leg around my body and like try to hit the ball to the left. And then some days I'll be so embarrassed because it'll be like uh, some of the punt returners will stand right there. They'd be like, What the fuck are you doing? Like, now, it doesn't have anything to do with scheme, it's just purely for kicking. I totally didn't understand anything that was, but, I, but, but part of that is coaching. And I think that's the that's one of the points. So for me, as I look at it in a leadership position, if you're going to tell somebody to do something, you better have an idea as to what the bigger picture is so you could understand, look, if you kick it this way, it's because we're actually – it's not about it, you kicking it 60 yards. We actually want it to go 40 because we have a scheme for that or some something of that nature. I don't know. I'm not a special teams coach, but yeah. strategy-wise, did they ever well, that, tell you anything like that? Or I mean, it was a so-called strategy, but – He was just trying to change – because it doesn't make sense from my perspective why you'd already shown success – like what's the point? Is it all? Is it? Could it potentially be? You're in low altitude. We can't have you kick it 80 yards every time. I mean, <laughs> all you had to do is ask me to adjust hitting it a little bit higher, and I could have hit it higher and shorter, and 
because it was what I normally did. But like to take me from what I was used to doing to something totally. I think that's a good point. I think so. What you're tackling is, look, if there's a scheme and a concept, and by the way, that special teams coach throughout the league had a reputation, had a good reputation, right? He, I did, was he with uh, your boy from the Colts, uh, McAfee or whatever, or maybe? I can't remember if he coached yeah, him. I Anyways, so. there is a concept of scheme, but I think Marquette's point, uh, which is very important, is there's a distinction. between Okay, if I kick it different, if I kick it over here or kick it shorter, fine. But if you're going to change my entire motion and then possibly injure me, that's a pro that's fucked up. That's a little mm -hmm. bit of a problem. So what happened was there was a clash, right? There was a clash. You became a very it was a bad that was a bad experience. Yeah, it was. Tough. It, it was well, well, I want to hear about, about the clash. It. Yeah, let's hear about the clash. It was, it was just I just lost my happiness. I, I honestly didn't want to play football no more. Like it's almost like uh, you a hooper. So if yeah. I if I told you if I was the coach and I told you the only way you can shoot a three pointer is if you face the uh, sideline and shoot backwards, right? Like, yeah, I get it. And you know you won't have success it. doing it. Then it's going to bother you. It's going to destroy your happiness because you're trying to obviously create some kind of uh, uh, legacy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it affects your legacy. affects a lot of that. And um, and also it affects you trying to help the team, period. It, so. it does. It does. And and here's what happened. On Here's my rule. He's very unhappy. He's clearly in a bad place. I still personally think that you weren't, you hadn't healed and, and really grasped or understood what the hell happened in Oakland, right? Because you love I'll be the Raiders. wondering, what if I would have just took a year off of football after that? Because that was tough. That was but tough. But, knows. But, but it is hard too, right? Like, I mean, distance away from the game, uh, possibly. It's, it's, I mean, I know there's a mental state yeah. of it, you but wanna, you want to stay relevant. There's momentum. The stay relevant. Is, That's a good point. Uh, there was a reputation, a little bit of a reputation that he was already a little upset, right? And then. I got a call from Mark. Like, hey, I'm I'm done. Fuck this guy, fuck this guy. I'm not fucking punting. So fuck was off. there was there one thing that happened? I mean, I know you had said they were trying to change it, but was there something at practice or or like an event that was the end of it where you're like, fuck it, I don't want to play football anymore. Um, or was it just like I, death I by was, a thousand I was kinda, cuts? It was, it was a I, thousand cuts, it, dude. Like just it was, every single. It was, day. It was a because bunch of cuts, but it was one thing. So like, man, it was so. I, th I feel like you was at my first game. Was it with the Raiders? Against Raiders. It I was a it was. game where. I think it was against the Raiders. The coach asked me the, what direction I wanted to kick. And then um, because I was because I was given the option to kick that direction. And um, I told him where I felt comfortable kicking. And remember, at this time, I'm being really even over-exaggerative. He's, he's trying. Respectable. He's, he's, he's trying to the be point. The, to the point, a, a well-coached. He's trying to be coached. Yeah, so, because I'm like, I don't know why I got let go, so maybe I just listen more, so that's where I want to kick. And I say I want to kick to the right because the wind's pushing the ball over there. I feel comfortable kicking that direction, and uh, I feel like I can put the team in the best position there. As he run out on the field, um, run out on the field, in the middle of the field, hey, we're going to change up the direction. We're going to go left. We're going to go left. I don't want them to run into your leg. And I think after that, after that play, it was like, I don't want to well, do this was, no more. That was a big deal because you called me and said, I'm done. And and I was like, you know what? I don't know what to do, but I'll tell you how to handle this appropriately. And I said, look, <laughs> get a meeting with the coach. And at the time, uh, Vance, uh, it was Vance Coach Joseph. And I said, look, call. You're not getting along with your special teams coach. Get a meeting with the head coach. Explain your position and say, look, I want to be here. I want to handle this appropriately. I really want to rip this guy's head off, but I'm going to handle things the right way. And I even, in the, in the, in the background, 
I called a uh, guy McIntyre. You you know who's a, who's a, a, a hell, of, hell of a guy. Uh, He's a uh, guy. You're a good, like by the way, guy, you're gonna be on here yeah, one of these <laughs> days. You're gonna be on here one. But guy, we're gonna bring you on just to He's talk about. Like, how you use one of these things right here? <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I called guys, he was he was real cool with Joseph, and I'm like, guy, can you please call coach and explain to him, like, because he knew Marquette. I'm like, look, Marquette's having a real issue. He's trying to handle things the right way, but this this just this relationship's not working. He's trying to change his kicking style. You know. He had a, you had a meeting, right? And what? Tell me what happened in the meeting. Man, I don't, I don't know about that. Know yeah, let's hear it. Now we really want to know. Nah, <laughs> one more drink for you, know. bartender. No. <laughs> Fill him up. Man. Where's the pretty waitress? I got one. The point. The point is, it didn't go well. Yeah, it, it didn't go well, and and he just continued to spiral. I mean, throwing, being on your skateboard. Uh, getting, I was getting a call. I, I did get a call from Elway going, what the fuck? Is everything okay? Like, what the fuck's going on? I don't like getting calls from Elway in that way. I was hoping to get a call from Elway going, hey, we'd like to do a five-year deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear, hey, tell that motherfucker to get off the skateboard. I don't want to hear that. But in his context, you were fucking hurting. You were in a bad place. I was just, yeah, it was dark. It was a dark time period. Yeah. So, you, so you end up getting cut at that we point? To, well, talk. Released. Injured first, right? Or I got, so we were playing the Chiefs and. I know my legs so fucked up from changing up the way I kick, and uh, it's almost like I don't know if somebody was to throw a piece of tissue at my leg, like it it was over. Um, and then uh, they brought the other punter, Kobe Watman, in at the time, and um, we played the game. The first punt, they're like, uh, just hit the ball as far as you can, and like playing with the Raiders with Brad Silly, they want me to kick it high and short where Tyree Hill couldn't get a hold of it, and. I just hit an Aussie. It was a nice Aussie. It was just, it, I guess, things didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out because it wasn't like the Raiders coverage team. Um, so I hit a nice high punt, not too far, probably like 47 yards, 4-5. That's actually a good punt. And, and he just ran that thing down the sideline. Some linebacker just bah, hurt my leg. When I fell on the ground, I got up and I tried to walk, and I'm like, whoa. I ain't never got hurt before. And I'm walking across the field from the Kansas City sideline all the way to the Broncos. And as I'm walking, I'm like, man, I'm finna go on the beach next week. I'll be at the beach somewhere in L.A. So as I'm walking, I'm thinking about this, and I hear booze in the crowd, and I'm just walking across the field. Can't wait to go to this beach. <laughs> That's the only thought that was in my head. I was like, I got to get away from this. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So it becomes mental even before it became physical, right? Like, you yeah. had to deal with the Raider thing. Then you had to deal with the, the Denver, the coaching staff. So – as you look back on that now, I'm always interested in how people look back because at the time you're like, I want to go straight to the beach. I don't want to play here, all these different things. Are there any lessons that you think to yourself that you've learned looking back? I think the main lesson is uh, you can't control if anybody likes you or not um, and don't try to control it. The people that are meant to be attracted to you will be attracted to you. Uh, you continue to do what you do, continue being the person that you're meant to be, and the right people will come to you. Uh, That's actually on my Bumble profile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you must have put a lot there. <laughs> no, but it's a good point, right? Like the the people that are supposed to be attracted to you will be attracted to you, and yeah. and spend time and energy on those types mm -hmm. of things. I think that's a really yeah. good point. Let's. I mean, look, you're, you're going through life, and now look, you're injured. We we do a we do a settlement. He's done for the year, and there's two things that happen. You did go to the beach. We we go to, we go down Went there. right <laughs> next week. <laughs> we, I had to. We, we, we hung out and and you started. Was you that started at the uh, nine hundred two one zero house? Yes, yep. it was. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yes, sir. Thank you, Gary Ash. By the way, that's yeah. that house is fucking awesome. I remember um, that. 
So, and Marquette, thank you for covering that house. I really appreciate that. That was awesome. Yeah, there, was there's, there's certain people out there that think I covered it, but fuck off. No, Anyways, no, no. Uh, actually, there's no one that thinks you covered it. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can promise you that. That's one thing I can guarantee. But you know, it was yeah. interesting, and this is why I kind of dovetail in it. And we'll get back to look, the fact that at that point, at that moment, you were injured both physically and emotionally. But let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your music and, and transition a little bit because I believe personally that's the one thing that fucking kept you sane regardless. At yeah. least you had moments to escape and 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 develop um, and develop into what you wanted to develop into, which is talk a little bit about what what role music plays for you in the creative. Yeah, because yeah. it's not just music, right? You're just a creative individual. I know you yeah. outside of of here. Obviously, I know you outside of football, but you're just a creative individual. What what? That's a great question. What role did that play, and how yeah. how did has it evolved over the last several years? It, it definitely played a huge role. Like at the same time, like uh, one of the main things I live by, especially now, is you don't you don't tie uh, one thing. Like so, I don't tie football into who I am as a person. Uh, it doesn't define who I am because I'm way more than that, and it can get taken away from me. And my first lesson, which I don't know why I didn't understand this, but like I don't know, like when I saw. Somebody that used to be one of my teachers when I was little, like, uh, when she worked a different job and she wasn't a teacher anymore. And it's like, wow, so, like, you do something different. Like, you got a real life. Like, so it kind of showed me, like, it's you're not stuck and trapped to do just one thing. So I started doing more music, uh, kind of expressed myself a little more. And it was just fun. I just, I've always liked being creative. So uh, that was my way of kind of, like, just doing something different to get me away from reality. So. so tell us a little bit of, I mean, for, for people that don't know, tell us what you do in, in music and, yeah. and give us some background on that. So I do uh, EDM, dance, house, and hip hop. Uh, a little bit of pop. I got a pop song right now, popping right now. Huge ass well, is billboard. Is that what you, uh, yeah, you're on the billboard in LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huge <laughs> billboard in LA. I got a couple of little sticky posters out here in San Diego in the Bay. Um, but uh, it's super poppy. I try to make sure I talk about things that I've actually been through um, to a certain extent. Sometimes they're a little over-exaggerated with a uh, professional regular guy. Um, shout out to jo Jody Ferguson. Shout out to Annabelle. Uh, shout out to Sincerely Collins. Uh, we got a lot of work done, man. And uh, it's definitely going to a positive direction, especially with the music. And how how do people find you on on uh, with the music? You can just look my name up. I thought about getting the Ellie's name, but it's just Marquette King. Oh, Marquette okay. King. Yeah, it depends on how Marquette. Feel, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Marquette or Marquette? That's I a whole. Uh, that's what he said. That's a whole. <laughs> that's, so, a whole that's a whole other so, thing. So my my last question is we, we we need to wrap things up, and I'm I'm really and thank you by the way yeah. for, for being here. It's thank been you. it's been really really cool. I'll decide when we wrap. Oh, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but here, fuck you. <laughs> here, here's the fuck you call football. Where do you? Th what's gonna happen now? Like, wh where do you do you do you think you're gonna get another shot? Uh, do you want another shot? What do you think's gonna happen? And and what happens if you don't play? What happens if you do play? Like, talk to me a little bit. The plan is the plan is to go back and play again, uh, even if I play for free, because I feel like I'm so close to reaching a certain goal. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, kicking is something that's very important to me because it's kind of therapeutic. Mm. Um, but my plan is to go back. Now, uh, the only thing that I dislike is, I don't know if, is I don't know if people are done dealing with me. Just let me know so I can go on about my life, so I can get my fucking house in London. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> or somewhere in the Dominican, or somewhere tropical. Like, let me know. But like, I don't know. I, it's it gets aggravating getting strung along 
Mm. Like, especially when you when you constantly wake up every day and you practice at the highest level that you can to stay prepared, especially when you've proven yourself. It wears yourself, on you, man. You've proven yourself over the years, and um, you're still just not getting a fair a fair shot, which is aggravating. So, like, I don't know. I do have my days where it's like, man, fuck this shit. But, like, then I do have my days where it's like, all right, I still see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like, I can still yeah. go. So I have, I have a point, and I think it ties into the fuck you Friday thing. And, and that point is, no matter what you do, no matter what profession that you're in, you're going to have these days of, like, man, fuck you. And I, I maybe I want to do something different. So how, when you get to that point, right? Because everybody, when they're good, they're good. But when you get to the point of, fuck you, I'm done, you're stringing me along, this, this, and this, how do you overcome that and do something, like, to get – to get something out of it. It's like being with a chick. Oh, okay. It's like, All uh, right, buckle up here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Put your seatbelts on, on, brothers. Okay. So it's like being with a chick. Um, you can have all the best times in the world with her. Um, take her out on dates, do all this, do all that, and enjoy your time with her. But at the same time, you got to spend time getting away from it, just like I spent the last two weeks not kicking the ball. I don't want to see no football. I don't touch a football. You get the fuck away from it. And then the following week, you come back at it stronger than you did before. And uh, I'm going to use that clip, actually. Like, hey, I need at least two weeks off. <laughs> yeah, so you, you got to get we away. like each other, but hey, I need look. at least two weeks off every three weeks. Look, man, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's just, I don't know, especially when you've done it for a long time. Like, you deal with them for a long time. You've done that for a long time. You got to get away from it because if you don't, then you're going to drive yourself crazy. So so basically what you're saying is fuck you Friday is like dating. Fuck you Friday is like a chick. Yeah. Huh? I don't know. Did I say that? No, yeah, I, don't I don't think that I was I don't it. know if that's it. <laughs> that <was a> <laughs> but let, let's, let's, I mean, uh, at this point, uh, it's, I have one other, one other statement, um, and this goes to whether you play or again. And then we'll wrap it up. And, I, and thank you because I don't want you to uh, take too long here. But I'm chilling. If – if a team were to call you and say, hey, look, we know you can punt. And we know that you're an artist. We know you love music. But for now, I want you to shut your fucking Instagram off. We don't care. And we're not worried that you're not focused. But from a fan's perspective, if you do fuck up, we're worried that they'll come on you because that'll be an excuse for fans to say, see, he's not practicing as much as he is. We just don't want that shit. Are you willing to do that? Or, or I mean, and I'm not saying that that's the reason. Okay? Yeah. I'm just saying... Because of who you are as an artist and and pure to and you are an artist and, and you're getting better. You're, actually, you're getting a lot better. You, you still suck, but you're you're getting better. Such a <laughs> but the point is, would you do that to 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 go uh, back to a team, or is that a moment where you go, you know what? I'm comfortable saying I'm stepping in a next direction, and it's okay. What would you do? Well, I'm gonna do it. I want that record. I want that record, and I want to accomplish this goal. And it won't take long. It'll take me. It won't take long. No, I just I need three to five years. Three to five years. Like I don't want to play no more than that. And once I get to that point, I'm out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I want to live my life. Uh, I want to be able to express myself like I want to, and I just want to live life like an actual human. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I definitely conform and do what I got to do to get a job. Yeah. So, job. so you you are in a spot now that that is years, a couple years removed, right from from being active on a roster. Two, three. Two years, two years removed, uh, so on an active oh roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been two okay, so you're well, two shit. Does XFL count? Well, that's interesting, but no, that doesn't yeah, count. Right, from no. an NFL roster. <laughs> right? yeah. 
We're talking about the league. Aren't we? <laughs> There's only one league. No disrespect. And by the way, I love what's happening with the merger between the CFL and we'll we'll get into that after that. But yeah, no, we're talking about the NFL. Yeah. So I, I guess the point is, is like you talked a little bit about when you were when you were there at the time and how difficult it was, and now you're in a different spot a couple of years later. At the time, you were like, oh, "Fuck it, I'm done. I want to go to the beach." Now you're a couple years in. You're like, "Now I want to get back." That what does that say about the mental? part of because you you were done i mean for yeah. all intents and purposes you were done and now looking back you're like wait a minute no i'm not done there's something i got left in the tank that i need to get accomplished i was just done at the time because of what i was going through what i was going through was tough i feel like uh, everybody's put in a different situation and i'm sure when you had your down times uh if certain people were in your down times or certain people were in my downtowns, they wouldn't be able to handle it so they would find a way to take themselves out or uh they wouldn't handle the situation the same way we handle it mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. so like we're we're putting our journey of life. We walk our in our own pair of shoes, in a place that we need to be, where 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 we belong. Nobody else belongs there. Where where and lastly, and, and then we can wrap because I decide. But lastly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> lastly, are, I mean, are you happy? Like, are you in? Wh where's your where's your head at right now? As as you've gone through all these different things, what I'm happy as fuck. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I Good. I can't complain about Good. nothing. Uh, my music's popping. Like it's popping really well. Um. Football-wise, I'm in a really good place with that. Like, I've been training, working hard. No regrets. Hard. Any regrets? Fuck no. Zero Why regrets. would I regret? What am I regretting for? Because I if know. I do People regret and I could redo it again, I, I wouldn't be in a situation I'm in now. Right. Yeah, and there's, there's a distinction between regret and reflection. Uh, and I think that he's, yeah, I personally, I feel like you've, look, you've experienced life, and you're, you're in a position now to win. You know, and you've gone through some shit, which is, which is, and this this is what the podcast is about. It's well, and two, I, I've known you for several years back when you're playing in the league, and then now, and I'm I'm super happy to hear that you're happy. I'm proud of the things that you've gone through, being able to admit, like going through these tough times, and then actually getting out of those tough times, and then looking back, going, what did I learn during those yeah. tough times? Because going through that gets you to this point of happiness and, and fulfillment, and so. As someone who's known you for for a number of years, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. And I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, are you doing better with your hands when you talk? Because you look like you're actually talking right. about something. Look, <laughs> look I'll, I'll decide when we wrap this up. And, and by the way, this has been an awesome I'll, podcast. I'll edit this. <laughs> this out. has been an awesome podcast. Thank you very much for uh, appreciate it. This is this wraps it up for another another session of. Uh, Fuck you, Friday. No, fuck you, Friday. No, fuck you, no, Friday. Fuck you, Friday. Fuck you, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Both of y'all dudes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how we wrap. All right. Because I decide. <laughs> All right. See you later.